So I just feel like I've always been an ambitious person. You gotta either come with me or go away from me because I'm going places. You have to surround yourself with people trying to bring you up. You guys ready to launch in? Ready. Born ready. (laughs) Welcome to the A Word Podcast, conversations with successful women that prove ambition isn't a dirty word. I'm your host, Becca Robinson, and each month I invite you to sit in on candid conversations with women at the tops of their games as we chat about the secrets to their successes, the challenges they've overcome, and the stories that tie us all together. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the A Word Podcast, y'all. I am so excited that you're here. I have been wanting to put this project out into the world for so long, and I just decided that it was time to stop worrying about being perfect and just jump right in. For this very first episode, I couldn't think of anyone that I would rather chat about ambition with than my own success partners. These are the women who inspire me and encourage me daily, and that I have gotten the honor and privilege of being in a small mastermind group with for the last almost three years now. They are all self-made, six-figure earning entrepreneurs, and I got them all to sit down and chat with me about ambition, why friendships like ours are so important when you are an ambitious woman, how different all of their personalities are, but the one trait that they think all successful people have in common, and I even got them to share their biggest pet peeves. It's a casual and honest conversation, and I hope that it leaves you feeling super inspired. Let's listen in. I have invited all of you guys here for our inaugural episode of The A Word, because I think that there's something really magical that happens when ambitious, driven, just you know, dedicated women business owners get together to talk and to chit chat. And so for our very first episode, I couldn't think of anybody better than my success partners in business to come and talk and let everybody listen in. The reason why I wanted to do this, it went back to um, my very first year in my coaching business when I got to go on a trip and it was my first time around any other coaches at all in real life. Um, Morgan was there. That was the first time I got to meet Morgan in real life. It was incredible to me because we were just all sitting around by the pool and chit-chatting about life, about our businesses, about our kids, about our struggles, about our dreams. And I went away from that trip feeling like I learned more in those small, relaxed conversations than I did in any big training, you know, any, any corporate training or any like planned out training. I just feel like there's something kind of special that happens when like-minded, similarly motivated people are just chatting. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted all of us to get together to talk a little bit about ambition and how um, it affects us as women business owners. So Mm -hmm. are you guys ready to launch in? Ready. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my first question, and you guys can, um, you know, just answer at will, whoever wants to go first. But as women who are business owners, I think a lot of the time the struggle is that we're scared to say that we are really motivated or driven because that can come across sometimes as a negative thing. And um, 
a lot of women won't say that they're ambitious. They don't want to put their goals out there and we can take ourselves out of the race before we've even started to run it by, you know, always putting ourselves last. So would you consider yourself now that you guys have been, you know, working your businesses for a while, you've hit these levels of success that, you know, people would say are a pinnacle. You're, you're already, you know, there for what so many people would think. Would you consider yourself an ambitious person? And if so, how did you first discover that about yourself? Yes, I would say so. Is everybody scared to say they're ambitious? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'll go first. I, I've always felt like an ambitious person. I always tried to like, I remember even in middle school, like trying to be the first chair in clarinet. And I was like always in battle with this other chicken. And we were always like taking turns to be first (laughs) in battle. And so, right. Yeah. And then in soccer. And then as I got older, when I finally realized that I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a boss. It was just like constantly being an entrepreneur, like starting a cake business and starting a blog and just trying to like figure out ways that I can earn my own income without anybody else controlling my time. So I just feel like I've always been an ambitious person. Okay. So I have not, sorry, Marks. No, go ahead. (laughs) Um, But your clarinet story made me giggle because (laughs) I used to play the flute in grade school. Me too. No way. But wait. I actually never really played it. I just used my fingers. <laughs> okay, I actually played it. <laughs> I just, like, my whole life, I always did stuff like that. Like, I was super ambitious to start something, and then I would lose interest and kind of flake. And I never considered myself an ambitious person until Beachbody. And then as soon as I started Beachbody, I was like, whoa, I am super driven and I want all these things. Then all of a sudden everything changed. So I don't know if it was, you know, I just never really found what my calling was before Beachbody and nothing really interests me that much. But I think that even if you're not, if you, even if you consider yourself not an ambitious person, you just haven't found the thing that makes you ambitious yet. True. Do you feel like you were always really competitive growing up? Yes, for sure. About <laughs> um, about things that I cared about. Clearly not the flute, though. <laughs> I think, well, I'm kind of half and half with Bonnie. I, well, I did learn how to play the flute, but <laughs> I think I was, um, I definitely say I'm ambitious, but I think I was ambitious about everything. Like I had to be, I was just like, I had to be good at everything I did, but I was never, what I lacked was the passion. It's like, I had to be good and ambitious at everything, but there wasn't, there wasn't a single thing that I was actually passionate about. So even when it came to going to school and university, it was more like, okay, I don't really care what job I have. Like not but that's cocky, but like, I'll probably be good at whatever I do just cause I work hard. Um, but so I don't think I lacked ambition. I just lacked passion until I found entrepreneurship. Yeah. I feel like that's funny. I never played a single instrument. Um, but I, so I don't really think I have skill there. However, <laughs> I found that I, I'm not even competitive. I sound like a big loser, but I am ambitious and I always have been, but it wasn't until my, um, like influencers in my life started to um, put me in positions of leadership that I actually recognized that I had the ability to be good at things. Like I always wanted to be good. I always wanted to be like the A string player. And then throughout my childhood, the teachers or dance teachers or coaches 
would recognize something in me, which gave me more ambition to, I guess, please them and to live up to what they saw in me. So like people pouring belief into me gave me more ambition, similar to what we do now too. I mean, my family believing in me, it kind of like revs me up and makes sure that I really fulfill the ultimate potential I have. I think it's really interesting that there can be so many different forms of ambition. Like it's not just you're this crazy, you know, workaholic. Like ambition can show up in a lot of different places. It can show up in being competitive or it can show up in being a really hard worker or it can show up in being, you know, motivated outwardly, like you were saying, Laura. Um, Or like Nikki, I think me and you are similar because we each like have launched a bunch of different (laughs) businesses in our history, like almost very entrepreneurial drive, you know, kind of all these different forms. So as women in business who would all describe yourself as driven, motivated, ambitious. Did it ever make you feel like the odd man out just among your family or friends or the people in your life? Everybody's nodding Um, their heads. (laughs) I always felt like the black sheep and I even had people discourage me from going 100 miles an hour. People tell me I need to slow down. I need to rest more. I need to chill more. Um, Perhaps out of fear of me getting to a new level that one intimidated them or two made them feel inferior. But honestly, like as I've grown, I just have to say, you got to either come with me or go away from me because I'm going places. So yeah, I've, I face people discouraging me from being involved in as many things as I have been. And then to the speed in which I ran towards it. That that saying is so popular. Like your, my family, my friends would always say, you need to rest. Are you resting? Are you Mm -hmm. sure you're, you're getting enough sleep and you're taking care of yourself? Like that's a really popular thing for like grandparents or parents to say. And I think it's, it's so interesting how that's the mentality, you know, society wants to keep us at the level that everyone's okay with. And once someone starts to climb above that level, all of a sudden it kind of attacks the level that they're at. So they try to bring you down a peg, but in a nice way. Mine was, yeah, mine was not so much like Laura and Bonnie said, like, you know, are you working too hard? Are you tired? Like that was kind of the norm for me. You're supposed to work hard. You're supposed to be tired. You're supposed to get up early, but not to work for yourself. My whole thing was Mm. you can't, you can't work for yourself. You won't have a retirement plan. What's your pension plan going to be? There's no security. How long is that going to last? That's where like my most resistance came from, um, was from that side of things. Yeah, that's interesting. So that is something I hear a ton. And I was kind of polling my social media following because I have a lot of people who are self-employed and I was asking them, you know, what are the things that you want to hear on this podcast from the people that come on? And a lot of their questions had to do with like undertones of fear. Like, what do you do about X, Y, Z, or how do you make the jump to leave a a safe job, you know, for following your passion. So is that something that you guys ever dealt with? It's a really interesting question. I was thinking about this the other day in therapy, actually. (laughs) So my whole life, my mom always said, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer. That's the only thing that you can be because you have to make money. And those are the only jobs that make money and are super secure. So I had this idea in my head growing up, like, okay, well, I can only do one of these two things. And then as like 
you grow up and you go to college and you choose a thing you want to be, it's always, you know, you do the thing that you're supposed to do in our society, right? You go to school, you pick something when you're 18 that you have no idea what you want to be. And then you have to follow along with that until you're 60 years old. And then your whole life has passed you by. And I think the moment that I realized I didn't want to do that, all of a sudden I started to lose friends. My family started to turn their back and I would do this trick in the beginning of coaching because like all of my friends from home and especially my family and my mom, like did not understand it. And I would do this trick where I would go to their Facebook pages, the people who were hating on me, or I would think about my mom's life. And I would think to myself, like really try to put myself in their shoes. Like, do I want their life instead? And the answer is always no. The answer is always, I don't want to be anything like them. And that's how I could always tell that the hate was their fear being put on me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They didn't want me to move forward. And it's actually really funny. Recently, this past month, after hitting a huge milestone in my business and posting about it, all those people from the beginning that hated on it have reached out to me and signed up in my business this past month who literally like disowned me as a family member and friend three years ago because I started my own thing. So crazy. It's so crazy. That's a really powerful exercise. Like we should teach that to new coaches. Go to your haters page. (laughs) I always used to do that because I used to think, well, am I doing something wrong? Like, is this, is this something I shouldn't be doing? And then I would go to actually Lindsay's page and my, my sponsor in the business. And I would say, do I want her life? absolutely have to. And then I would go to like a haters page or, you know, think about my parents' life and their struggles and stuff and think, do I want that? And the answer was always no. Yeah. I do find that I can feel kind of isolated when I'm not around people like you guys, when I'm not around people who are like pursuing, um, independent things, I can feel kind of like an outsider and, you know, people will kind of give me sideways glances when I'm like checking something on my phone or if I don't want to go out and like drink a bunch on a weekday. It's like, I have work to do tomorrow morning. Like mm-hmm. I know it might not seem like it cause I'm self-employed, but like I've got goals. And so that's something I have to kind of remind myself of sometimes like, yeah, they may give me the side eye, but like, that's not, that's not what is going to put my child through school. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I have this question that I heard the other day. It was brought up in another conversation somewhere and I thought it was super interesting. And I want to ask it to you guys. So do you feel like the more success you have, the more fear you have or the less, because I can sometimes feel, and this is like something I don't think I've ever even said out loud to other people before, but sometimes I feel like the more success I have, the more fear I have, cause it's almost like there's more on the line if that makes sense, like more people depend on me. Like now my the higher, the success, the higher, the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Like more people depend on my business. Like the no income. money, no problems. Does <laughs> <laughs> that happen to anybody else or is it just me? That happens to me all the time. I think that it's really important for people to know that fear is not something that is not experienced when you're having success. I, I mean, I feel like fear is something that you just learned to live live with. Yeah. I think that's, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Sometimes You Win and Sometimes You Learn. I think that's what it is Mm -hmm. by John C. Maxwell. And it's basically like talking all about these fears. And I think the higher I get up in my success journey, um, 
because you know, at the start, it's just excitement. You're so excited. You're so excited. Um, sometimes fear doesn't register for some people. It does for some, the excitement overrides it, but you start building your way up, building your way up. And those fears start to come out. And I think that the higher up I get, the more I need to train my brain how to treat fear. So to not, cause you can totally crumble from it, but that's why like books, podcasts, that kind of thing, listening to other people's stories like you guys, that's what does it for me because I can hear other people's fears, what they did to work through them. So I'm like, okay, they had this and then I can relay it back to my life. So I think books, all that stuff has become even more important for me to just normalize fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's the biggest thing for people. They think it's not normal. They think it's, they're odd, but once you normalize fear and understand like where it comes from and what it is, it's not so bad. Yeah. I love truly, that phrase, normalizing fear. I was going to say, I think that at any level of growth or success, you're going to be reaching new territories. And as you walk through new grounds in your business, new seasons of your life, climbing out of the comfort zone is going through growth, like growing pains, which could cause fear. So somebody trying to start a business is scared because that's new. And then once they start the business, they start the riding the bike process, then they're going to get to the next level, which is also scary. So I don't really feel like there's an increased amount of fear, but fear can kind of be affirmation that you are continuing to evolve mm-hmm. uh, or evolve instead of remaining where, you sh- it's, where it's comfortable. Like you're going to higher places, which means new territories, which means fear could be a good thing. Yes. I love that. So I just watched this video someone sent me and I'm going to have to look up who it is so I can give him credit. Um, but he's this older gentleman. I'm pretty sure he's a rabbi with a beard and he's talking about how he's talking about like crabs, how they are going along in their life and going along in life and growing and doing, have you seen this video, Laura? Um, it's so yeah. good. It's so simple, but it's so good. And like, they're, you know, they're growing, they're just And they're all of a sudden they're getting like more and more uncomfortable, you know, like slowly. And then they get so uncomfortable that they are forced because they're getting too big for their shell from all the growth that they're forced to leave their shell and find a bigger one. And then they move into that bigger one. They have to face that fear. They have to, you know, totally, they have to leave their safety. They have to move to this bigger one, but then they're comfortable again for a little while. They're growing, they're growing, they're growing. And then that uncomfortability comes in. And so he was saying, you know, basically like this fear, this uncomfortability is just part of life. If you're growing, you know, like that you should be more afraid to not feel fear than to feel it, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Like shouldn't the goal of ours be to outgrow each level, like outgrow myself here and then outgrow myself here and being courageous enough to take off, you know, as the rabbi was saying, take off the lobster shell and move into the new shell. That's how you grow. Mm -hmm. Right. I always say that I should, if something scares me, that means that that's something that I need to do. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I know it. we were just at that Tony Robbins event and I know Nikki and Bonnie have been too. And he basically said like, you know, obviously you guys probably agree. Like there's just an overwhelmingly large amount of people now who say they're depressed or anxiety ridden or, you know, whatever that may be. And Tony was just saying like the number one reason for unhappiness is because people aren't growing they get their job, they sit back, they do the same thing each day, they get complacent. And as human beings, growth equals happiness. So I think in order to have that growth, like Laura said, 
growth fear comes along with growth, but then that leads to happiness. So I think that's something to keep in mind too. And and growth I, is death. I think that's why so many people are unhappy and then misery loves company. It's just like how you have a group of friends and, and they love when something bad happens because we can all grab a drink and mm-hmm. bitch about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when something good happens, you know, it's yeah. really hard for other people who aren't growing to acknowledge it and say, yeah. hey, good job. Sorry, I was saying, I really hate when success happens consistently for somebody, which is amazing. But then people's attitude is, oh, everything's handed to them. Oh, well, she would like, well, of course it's easy for her. Everything always lands where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That frustrates me. That is I, so frustrating. I think that's a big part of entrepreneurship because, and I think even for us, because a lot of our business is social media, um, everybody sees what you post, but they don't see you waking up at 4.35 a.m. They don't see us almost for you guys. It's like, what, I don't know, 9.30 at night, still working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't, they don't see those things where, uh, you know, most other people work nine to five, but they, then they don't see us necessarily working nine to five. They're like, oh, you've got such a free life. It's like, yeah, but I choose not to work during the day, but I'm busting my ass at 5 a.m. or at 1 a.m. Um, yeah, well, that like was, we do the things that most people won't so we can live the life that most right. people can't. Yeah, totally. And that was like you, Morgan. I remember our first year together when you were still working as a teacher full-time and you were building this business, you know, like a side hustle at that mm-hmm. point. And I have such a memory of you. Like it's so implanted in my mind because it was so impactful to me that you would wake up like at so early in the morning, like 4.30 or 5 to do, to work on your business and that sacrifice, Mm -hmm. like who wants to wake up earlier than they have to. Mm -hmm. And you don't have kids. So you don't have anybody like forcing you to wake up (laughs) early doing that at that point. Mm -hmm. So I just remember there being a time where in, and that was when you worked on your business and then you went to your job and you were in teacher mode and you were dedicated to that. And I knew that if I tried to get a hold of you or sent you a message like outside of that window, I was going to have to wait till like the next morning at 5 a.m. working again. But I'm sure that like, you know, 90% of people who followed you didn't know that about you or see that about you. And they may just be following and be like, oh, Morgan's so lucky. She just works on this business a little bit after school and it just blows up, but they don't see Mm -hmm. all of those early morning hours logged. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's even like, I mean, professional athletes, you can say LeBron James or whatever. They're so lucky. It's like, no, they've been training since they were four years old all day long, every day. If you put in that much work, you could probably be in the NBA too, but not many people are willing to put in that work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So I want to ask you guys what you think about this. Because, okay, so everything we've talked about, this fear, this kind of maybe feeling like I have these different priorities or goals than the other people, maybe even having these haters, I think that it can stop a lot of women when they're kind of like fresh and new and their businesses are like these little baby businesses and it's vulnerable. I think that can stop them in their tracks when they get that pushback or maybe they feel so alone. And I know for me, a big part of my journey in entrepreneurship that's made it I mean, I think way more pleasant and has made me a better businesswoman has been 
having you guys as kind of like business besties, we call each other success partners, but that could just be, you know, a mastermind group or a, you know, like a a little club or whatever. It doesn't have to be called that same thing. What do you guys think about that? Do you feel like having those relationships was an important part? Do you think that's important for people that are trying to get into I think definitely, I think a hundred percent because we just talked about, you know, how there's so much negativity and fear and I don't want to say hate because I feel like it's overused, but you know, there's that element in all of our lives. If you are driven, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are going after something that you want, that there's people trying to bring you down. So I feel like to counteract that you have to surround yourself with people trying to bring you up Mm -hmm. and One thing that always stuck with me about success partners or like surrounding yourself with people you want to be like is if you are doing better than all the people you hang out with, you need new friends. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Essentially you match like whoever you hang out with or talk with, you match exactly what they do. Mm -hmm. And I always kept that in mind. Like if I, you know, if my friends are all, I'm doing better than all of them, then I don't need to not be friends with them, but I need to surround myself with people who can push me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally agree with that. I think, I think you can tell, I think when like, say we get together, I leave the conversation and I am like, feel on fire. I'm like, I feel like a better person. My like creativity is sparked. And then you guys probably have the conversations with some people. You're like, oh my God, I leave feeling stupider. And we just talked about the weather. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm getting <laughs> drunk or who knows what they, you know, like you, you know, you leveled down, you yeah. lowered yourself when you're in the conversation with them. Whereas with other people, like you notice you level up. Mm-hmm. So what would be your... I guess, tips for someone who is maybe just getting started in whatever their, their business is, and they don't know how to connect with someone else. I definitely think you can find people who are in the same season as you. So for me, when I'm bringing women on or mentoring them, I, I try to start little pods or little groups and it might be three or four people at a time, but see if personality wise, if there's somebody who has similar pace and goals and, um, not necessarily personalities because I think that we can all sharpen one another, but you know, your first attempt at blind dating a success partner or a, a buddy in your business, it's not really going to take off. Maybe I know that <laughs> for me personally, I kind of had a date around to find <laughs> a group of women that really challenged me in a great way. Like you guys. And I would say, make sure you're giving as much as you're getting. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of us look for relationships that we get a lot from, but then we forget that, Hey, I'm a part of this too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's really important to think of yourself as, you know, am I pulling weight in this relationship? Am I someone this person can look at and say, I want to be like them too. You never want to be the weakest link. (laughs) group, Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Nikki. I was just going to say for, you know, other businesses, like not because obviously those pods and stuff work great for coaching, but looking for like networking events or, um, even just like groups, maybe on Facebook where you can find people that are in the same kind of business as you, or maybe you can pick their brain and find a similar success partner in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I'll just be honest, like this was my whole issue off the start. I tiny town entrepreneurship 
does not exist. So finding people for me was not hard, but that's why I pick up a book or I listen to podcasts. They're my virtual, like all through the start and still they're my virtual community and mentors. John C. Maxwell is like my number one mentor. He's never (laughs) met me or like the people who are interviewed on the podcast I listen to, they've never met me, but I am surrounding myself with those types of people every day. So that's how I do it. Did it off the start and still do it. Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, you try and find people who you're like, you were saying, Laura, that you're kind of like at the same, I think there's a distinction between success partners and mentorship. You know what I mean? Like you have to find people for your success partners that you don't have to be exactly the same, but like that you're at similar places and your path, like your paths are leading you to similar places and you want to get there at similar speeds, you know, like, cause if you were with someone who had like a five-year plan and you had a one-year plan, that's going to be a hard disconnect. So I think that there's something to be said about finding people that are willing to match the speed with you because, you know, then you can encourage each other. I mean, I know with you guys, we all kind of met because we were pushing for a really big end of the year goal that was the same and like mm-hmm. all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, Isn't that where, we, I mean, that's where we kind of yeah. all like gelled. I mean, we mm-hmm. all knew each other like in different ways from before, but like the five of us together. Oh, our little yeah. love story. And that happened so like randomly too. It was like a bigger group than a smaller group and a smaller group and a smaller group. And then <laughs> it just like stuck with us five. And then we realized we'd been like talking to each other in a group message for like six months. And we were like, I guess I should like make this official. Call ourselves <laughs> success <So> steady. partners. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of like a relationship. Like you have to go on like that first awkward blind date where you're like, mm-hmm. what do you like to do? What do you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always awkward when you like reach out to people about it. I remember like messaging Bonnie and I was like, you have a success partner. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Because the rejection is real. Dallas too. And you're like, wait, you're talking to someone else right now? <laughs> <laughs> now she's my friend. <laughs> you know. And I think like as women, I, I don't know. And this is maybe unique to me because I didn't have a lot of like close girlfriends or like a huge crew of girlfriends. So like when you're trying to navigate these relationships with other women and you know, like you're already kind of vulnerable cause you're doing something that's like pursuing your dreams. It can be even scarier to like try and form those connections, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Um, you guys are pretty much my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> pretty yes. much made me better all around. <laughs> Okay. So everybody here is so totally different and we've heard a little bit of where everybody starts. So everybody here is familiar with Danny Johnson's gem personality test, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am a total personality test obsessed person. I think I've taken every personality test that's out there <laughs> and I like force my friends to take personality tests when they become close enough friends with me that I don't think it will scare them away. <laughs> and I love it. Like I love figuring out like the Myers-Briggs is one of my favorite things to know about other people. But Danny Johnson's is really simple. And for those of you guys who don't know what it is, it is like a very simple personality test that has to do with like what motivates more than more than what your personality is. So there's four different gems. There are emeralds, which are people that are kind of like your type A. They're motivated by facts and figures. They want to get down to the bottom line. There's your rubies who are like your overachievers. They're super motivated by 
um, rewards and recognition. There's your sapphires who are like your life of the party class clowns. They're the ones that like to be in the limelight. Um, they're motivated by that. And then there's your pearls who I always like to describe as like the Labrador retrievers of the gems. Like they're just like really loving and loyal and sweet. And they just like want to be part of something. And like they're motivated by knowing that they're making an impact. So what would you guys say is your primary personality gem? I've like, I feel like I am like a 50-50 split between Ruby Sapphire. I'm motivated by recognition but I'm also motivated by like you know parties and fun stuff and like all that kind of stuff I I feel like the split is pretty even I think when I took the test I literally was like all everything ruby everything sapphire and then like one emerald and one pearl (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm a hundred percent ruby like a hundred percent nothing else you don't even have like a drip emerald in you (laughs) no definitely not a drip of emerald definitely not i'm the most unorganized person ever i'm pretty sure i annoy all of you with that i'm like where am i what am i doing (laughs) how i'm successful i have no idea it's just like fueled by a pure passion (laughs) yeah i'm just if someone is beating me on a leaderboard or I haven't achieved something yet and someone else has like no nothing against them it just like eats away at me until I achieve that I I don't know I hate actually hate that part about me but it's I mean it drives me to be successful but I wish it I mean I wish I was a pearl but I'm just saying (laughs) uh Laura what do you think you are that is so funny. Call me out. Cause I actually am a pearl, <laughs> I, I, but I can be the Labrador retriever. Here's the thing about me. I feel like I have, um, I will compliment myself and say blossomed because my <laughs> Ruby desires, um, were, I think personally, this is my own insecurities. What I've had to come through. It was derived out of, um, people pleasing, Um, and expectations of others. But now I'm finding what I'm most gratified by is when one-on-one somebody can say, you really made a difference in my life. And so ultimately I am, I feel rewarded in many areas. I do love success. I do love money. I do love feeling organized, but if I, I mean, you're asking about the primary and I would say that I'm most driven in this season of my life through, um, world peace. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Through the, um, what was the term you used earlier? To describe pearls, you said knowing that you're making an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that so fluffy? Please do not throw up ladies while I'm explaining myself, but I am a pearl. (laughs) Okay. So I think that this deserves a halt for a second because I have heard from so many people when they take this gem test and find out that they're a pearl that they say, well, I'm just not going to be successful at being my own business owner because like everybody who's successful are rubies or they're emeralds or they're sapphires. They're never pearls because pearls always, pearls are not going to push for that, you know, giant goal just for the sake of pushing for it especially if it's at the detriment of somebody that they care about, like, or their time spent somewhere else. And I do think pearls can, that can be a big challenge for them in being, you know, in being someone who's trying to launch a business and get it off the ground. So I love that you said 
And I think that everybody who feels like they're a pearl (laughs) might need to rewind and listen to Laura say that again. But she said she felt like she blossomed in the fact that her, her pearlness isn't necessarily in pleasing other people and kind of sacrificing her own goals for that, but in more of that personal satisfaction of knowing that when she achieves her goals, she's also making a difference in someone else's life. I think that's huge. Here's the thing about pearls though. I feel like, especially in our business, I mean, we all have to be pearls because we all want to make an impact. We wouldn't be pushing as hard as we are if we didn't want to make that impact. Yeah. A pearl who doesn't think that they are obligated to achieve success is a pearl who is feeling guilty of success because they think somebody else needs it more or if they're stepping on other people, but ultimately to make the biggest impact on the world, Mother Teresa or anyone else who has ever influenced you, the bigger the following, the bigger the paycheck, the the wider the hands to give. You know what I mean? The the bigger influence you have. So pearls need not be afraid of success. I think that if anything, they should be more driven than anyone to achieve success and to be at the top so they can handle their success and delegate their success as will impact the world best. Uh, Morgan, what are you? Um, (laughs) The gem test isn't my favorite. I like the color code better because I feel like it defines me better. But if I was to pick a gem, I'd probably pick emerald. Mm. Um, Like, (laughs) you guys are giggling. Um, I am pretty organized, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I like that you're like, I don't know which one I am. And you're like, we know which one you are. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I'm not driven. It sounds terrible, but like, I'm not driven by fun things. I'm not driven by competing and I'm not driven by, <laughs> yeah, I'm not driven by helping people. I'm literally driven by like getting my shit done. Like basically it's like, I am driven by a checklist. Like if anybody listening, if even if you've done something, you still write it down on your on your list so you can just put a check mark beside it. Like, don't that judge me. Yeah, yeah. Like that to me is like I think that's where like my successes come from is the consistency because I'm driven like by consistency, like so that I can say like, yeah, I've worked my business every day for four years. Is Nikki the only person who thinks they're a combination of more than one gem? Because I feel like I am a ruby pearl, which is really weird because it sounds like they wouldn't go together. But like, I, I know that that's what I am because my, mm-hmm. I've always been really motivated and passionate about reaching one specific group of people. And that's women who feel like they're stuck, whether that's like in their body Mm -hmm. or in their life. I mean, like I get emotional about that. That's like who I want to impact. And I want them even through this podcast, like I want people to know if you're stuck, like, you know, in a job or in your life or in your body or in a relationship that you just feel trapped, like you have the ability to get out of Mm -hmm. that. And I want to give them the tools. And even if I can't give them the tools, just like the encouragement, to try. So like, I'm really Pearl in that aspect and I can get like almost too much on like the emotional side of things when sometimes I probably just need to be more organized, you know, but then I'm also conversely really Ruby to where I am really motivated by like goals. I'm like the classic firstborn child that like has to, I had to be like the president of every club. I had to be like the team captain of every team always in my whole life. So I feel like mine are almost like at war with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Really quickly. We all come from different backstories. We have all these different 
you know, personalities and motivation styles. If you could boil down the core trait that you think you have that is pivotal to why you've been this successful into one or two words, what would you think it is? Uh, perseverance and dedication. Mm. Tenacity. I would say steadfast and focused. Steadfast is a really good one, Laura, for you. I see. I can like totally mm-hmm. see that. You got the source out over there. Hey guys. <laughs> no, you, no, because you asked us the questions beforehand. And so on the way home, I was like, what's a good word? What's a good word? <laughs> oh, I mean, mine's pretty obvious. It'd be consistency. Okay. So consistency for Morgan, steadfastness for Laura, tenacity for Bonnie and uh, Nikki. What, what one of those two do you think for you? Um, I would perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah. I think that that's really cool to hear because I like, it's not talent or like, (laughs) you know, like my ability to do X, Y, and Z. It's that I showed up, you know, like mm-hmm. and everybody's in some way, consistency, tenacity, steadfastness, perseverance. They all are kind of synonyms. <laughs> Wouldn't you guys say mm-hmm. like, they're all synonyms that are like tweaked for each of your personalities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. It's just like yeah. showing up when you don't want to show up when nobody yeah. else shows up, you still show up. You still do yeah. the team call, even though you're tired or, you know, you still put, get the power hour done, even though you don't feel like it you don't want to talk to people. Yeah. You send those emails. And I, I think that's an important thing to remember in entrepreneurship too, because you can get a lot of those people that are like, well, it doesn't work or like only so a certain percent make it. And, you know, some of that is not the truth because it does work. Mm -hmm. Um, but the truth is, yeah, only a small percent make it work because only a small percent do what Nikki just said, do it when they don't want to do it. And that's, I think, what makes the difference between who you interview on here as being self-made, you know, six-figure earners, whoever comes after our episodes versus somebody who, you know, says maybe this doesn't work. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Okay. To close us out, we've gotten into some deeper, more personal questions and I have some totally random ones. Is that cool? You guys ready? So you can just jump in with whoever has an answer. What is a completely random pet peeve of yours? Eyebrows. (laughs) Like that people people have them? (laughs) No, they need to, they need to look good. Like if your eyebrows are not like plucked. Nobody listening can tell, but like we're all now messy. They drive, they drive me crazy. Like I was just looking at your eyebrows. (laughs) thank you thank you fantastic eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) mine is loud chewing like Like, gum or like no like any substance that you feel the need to make known that you're chewing it near my ears (laughs) (laughs) like snacking yeah like smacking gum. Mine is okay. Cereal's the worst. <laughs> you ever sit next to someone who's eating cereal and it's like wet but also crunchy? Yeah. <laughs> or like when people talk really loud on their phones, that's annoying. Like but mine is places. Yeah, but mine is like I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but it's like a I hate hair that's not on your head. Like if there's <laughs> hair, like a hair like stuck in the grocery cart wheels. And- <laughs> 
like there's random always hair. hair in the grocery it's store, so yeah. like I like will throw up like even my <laughs> own hair in the shower I'll be like <laughs> oh goodness I will get so much okay well my husband's not in here I I, I think road rage is silly so my pet peeve is road rage. And if Nick was in here, my husband, he'd be like, you're so judgmental. Road rage is fine. People are dumb drivers. So there's obviously a personal problem here. Okay, so mine is really random and I only discovered it recently, which is why I'm asking you guys this question. My big pet peeve is when restrooms in public places don't clearly say men or women and instead they have like a clever photo. Because it's like, if I have to pee really bad, I don't want to be standing there like <laughs> deciphering hieroglyphics. Yeah. You know? This, happened, this just happened to me. It's the most random thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I realized it because I got, I had to pee really bad, like really bad. And I had Cadence with me. That's my son who's five. And he had been moving like molasses because that's his thing now. And I finally got him like into the restaurant, seated with my husband. And I was like, we're going to the bathroom. And I got there and it was like these two cowboy images and one was a cowboy and one was a cowgirl and they were almost identical and I had to pee so bad that like my brain was not functioning correctly and I stood there for a really long time trying to figure out like it didn't say cowgirl like it did they both had hats and like one had a lasso I was like what is happening where there's like just an image like a boot and then a hat and you're like what does this mean <laughs> exactly. do i wear boots or do i wear hats i mean can i pee in both and they're that, trying to be clever with like their restaurant theme they're trying I mean, to be clever what is the last book that you had that you could not put down so I, I think one book that i just like love and i go back to a lot is you are a badass like i just that is something that i can whip through really quickly and pick it up when I need it again. Like when I need that confidence boost and I need Mm. those affirmations. It's so good for like new business people because they just need that. Like, yes, I am a badass. I can Mm -hmm. do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a cheerleading book. It like gets you all pepped up. The miracle morning. Yeah. You were talking about that one a lot recently. I think that'll change people's lives because so many people are like, I don't have time. I don't know if, you know, I can't get up early. It's like, just read that book. Yeah. I, I, I don't read books. <laughs> what? Okay. Then what's the last audio that like you couldn't. I have become on? obsessed with Ted talks and I just have them on in the background and it got so bad that the other day I had to like, I had to ration myself with Ted talks because <laughs> I would say, there and just listen to TED Talks for like two hours instead of doing work. Just binging on TED Talks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my doctor actually gave me a book called Winning the Race, and it's just about my pearlness. I'm now uncovering this is why I love the book. Uh, understanding the first half of the book is all about like identifying your destiny, your purpose, and then how in order to fulfill that, you have to be in your optimal health. Like you have to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. tips why. So using that to really help the customers and coaches I'm working with. Yeah. And it's all about like staying in your own lane. Like it's your race. It's your purpose. Nobody else's. Mm. It's like no comparison. Mm-hmm. I like that. I have to look that one up. Okay. Last question. What is your personal anthem song that gets you like in a great mood, gets you pumped up? What song like always makes you happy? All I do is win. DJ. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, Bonnie's going to say, all I do is win. I, know. Oh, I should have written it down so I could have proved it to you. 
Okay. Um, I actually really like that song when I'm in a bad mood too, though. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is my anthem. Like that the, I, That's like the Ruby anthem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. So it just depends on my day, but right now I'm really, really enjoying the Trolls soundtrack. It's really good. <laughs> okay, it's so good. I listen this, to it without my kids. It's so good. The song where she's like talking about how she's going to have a fantastic day, but she's like being eaten by all the flowers is like one of my favorite songs. So good. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good okay guys thank you guys so much for being here i really appreciate it it's really special to me to have you four on our inaugural episode of the a word um so if anybody here that's listening wants to learn more about any of these four ladies check the blog post in the show notes because there's going to be links to where you can find them on social media where you can follow their stories and you can be inspired by them on the daily because all of them are always putting out really incredible content um, that I know you guys will love and if you enjoyed this chat please let us know by reviewing and rating the podcast in iTunes and sharing it with a girlfriend that you know that is the A word too thanks guys Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.